Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, quick announcement before you get into this episode. Uh, I was really torn if I wanted to upload this episode because the sound is a little uh, less in quality that I like, and we got new microphones. Um, obviously, we have to learn how to use them better, but we're kind of all over the place, and the sound is really off in some places, but we just had so much fun recording this episode, and I didn't want you guys having to wait anymore for a new episode, so I just want to let you know that this one's a little rough, uh, but I still think you'll enjoy it. So we appreciate you and hope you enjoyed as much as we enjoyed recording it. Hey, dog speak geese. <laughs> okay, look, this is where we are today. <laughs> She's already started. Look, it's been a hell of a week and it's only Tuesday. No. No, here's the problem. You hit record right after you told me that you poured the rest of the wine in our home into your glass. You know what? I will confirm that. <laughs> All right, it's been a long day for everyone, but we need to get this podcast recorded. And I hope this sounds really good to you guys because we bought new mics. We got really excited when we were at Spurrier's. And then when we had our um, recording with Anna last week, this is the mic she used and it sounded so good. Yeah, she's fantastic. So, um, yeah, that was, it was, and I do want to, I think I want to have her back because I think it was a really, I, I had no idea where it was going to go, but I think it ended up being a really good conversation. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, so we got these new mics in mm-hmm. and, um, I feel like they're going to sound better. Maybe make us sound a little more professional. I mean, right now, I don't, okay, listen. I don't feel real professional. Okay, listen. I don't think some mics are going to make us sound more professional. You know what? Do you guys love us? I hate to break it to you. Look, if they love us, then then we're on the right track. All right? If you take what we tell you and you run with it, we're on the right track. It's been a long day. 
It's been a long week and it's only Tuesday. I was going to say it's Tuesday. Yeah, my coworker and I thought all day it was Wednesday. I'm we so had sorry. A, we had a meeting this morning and we realized at the same time it was Tuesday. Now, see, they're they're really confused now because you're like my coworker. But you have a new job. I do have a new job. You are uh, dealing in pork. Yes, and that's that's where we'll leave it. <laughs> she's just dealing in pork. That's where we'll leave it. Um, she's yeah. still doing dog speak. She's still going to record the podcast. Yeah, because she's a rock star and she can do all those things. Apparently, yes. So don't worry, y'all. She's not going anywhere because I know you don't want to just listen to me or me and Gray, right? Why? I don't know because I think you know Gray and I could get it. I don't know. Boring. I don't know. But awkward pause. Awkward pause. Um today's episode I think is really important. And I don't even know what we're like you Look, haven't given I have, me a, I've I've told you what we well, were gonna talk about. Well, but not an actual heads up on what we're talking about. So I have come to the conclusion mm-hmm. that so most of my clients are are behavior, right? So I'm dealing with like serious emotion of the dog, um, trauma. I'm dealing with some serious stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But when I get a session on my calendar, it's like, oh, this dog needs to learn how to come when called. I'm like, oh, geez, right? I don't really do that anymore. However, I realized that there are a lot of common issues that people run into when they're trying to teach their dog to come when called. And I thought, you know what? It'd be a good podcast just to talk about those and talk about how we can remedy those. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily sitting down and telling you exactly step-by-step how to teach your dog to come because, let's be honest, your dog already comes to you. Um, It may not be when you've asked, but your dog still comes to you. But I thought, you know what? Maybe I can get people thinking a little bit more if we talk about the common problems that humans have or owners have or caregivers, however you want to look at it, with their dog when they're trying to teach this. So I remember when Isabella was a puppy. She, I, I knew this was going to go to Isabella. I know, but she was really good at coming until she wasn't, which now I'm learning adolescence, the way the brain's developing. I'm learning a lot more about why we should not expect that. But I think that even through that process, making sure that knowing that you can get your dog to come to you is very important, not in the way that most people think, right? I think that people think that if I can just tell my dog to come, then everything else is no biggie. To me, asking my dog to come to me is probably one of the commands I use the least. Think about it. Like your brain right now is... I am thinking about it. That's why I'm not saying anything. Right? Your brain is like... I can see your brain over there. Well, I also see my dog running to the neighbor's house. Okay, yeah. So so if we go like to Myers and not Isabella. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Okay. Because Isabella's special. But, I mean, he has a good recall overall. But honestly, it's not one of the main cues that I use. Because I've taught him to stay tuned into me. I think most people, okay, you're like, you're making this face. Making this face, because like, 
Your dog's tuned into you. Good for you. Oh, so you're jealous. Good for you. Okay, cool. Mm. So, <laughs> but, <you laughs> but my dog follows me around the house. Yes, so because your dog what? is a herding breed. So your dog also <laughs> has its eyesight on other things. But you're telling me that my dog doesn't want to follow me. No. What I'm saying is that if you if you teach your dog that you are part of the kind of main connection to this world, right? You're that upper management, the tour guide. Mm -hmm. You are the one that knows all as, you know, as much as your dog thinks you do. Then I think that when you're in a situation where your dog is not sure about the environment or, or definitely, you know, not sure about what they need to do, they're going to look to you Mm -hmm. and they're going to automatically come to you without me having to ask it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay, so I don't, I, I think that asking, you know, teaching a dog to come when called is very important. I think that people want to teach it for the wrong reasons. Okay. And that, what, what would the wrong reasons be? I mean, I know that we typically, we, <laughs> I don't teach anything. You typically, <laughs> you teach, teach it for uh, safety reasons, right? Like, yes don't run in the road or, Hey, there's something scary coming. You should come back to me. Um, or, you know, like we literally have to go. Right. You know, like, I mean, we got to leave the dog park now. Yeah. You need to come to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what would be some reasons where people I'm, would use it the wrong way? I'm going to piss some people off. Oh no. You guys know that I am always real with you. I think that people want to teach and think that it's so important to teach a dog to come when called because they want to know that they are in control. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I I can see that. Right. I can see that. Like I control my dog. I control where they go. I control where they go. I control what they do. I can can make them come right back to me. Who they see. Who they see, who they don't see, right? I control that. So is that really about us Mm -hmm. or are we doing it for the safety of the dog? Right. That motivation behind it is very important. When people say, what do you think the most important command is to teach a dog? I don't know if I would say come is the most important. To me, forget the commands. The most important thing is to teach your dog that you know more about this world than they do and that they can count on you and they can depend on you no matter the change in the environment. Because if you have that, then you don't need all the other commands that you're throwing at the dog. Right. You're the consistent one. Yeah. You're the safety net. Mm. I watched this video today. It's a little off subject, but also sort of the same. Um, and it's uh, two dogs and... One dog is, and I know what I'm looking at just based on living with you for so long and seeing the communication seminar. Yeah, that could go into so, a whole nother conversation. Right yeah, there. I mean, this video, the, so the video is about resource guarding and a, there's like a, like a greyhound mix um, that's going to get a toy and then this German shepherd or German shepherd mix comes in and they're, they're literally just standing there. And giving each other calming signals. And the Greyhound mix turns around and goes back to the owner. And then the German Shepherd goes and gets what it wants. So 
and we're ta- we're not talking about resource guarding, but it it was resource guarding because like the greyhound's like no, hey mom, and so goes back to mom to say, I know you're gonna take care of this for me. Like I went to go get the bone. This this other dog was intimidating me, even though there was no altercation. It was still resource guarding, but. I found it interesting that that dog went back to its person to say, Hey, I need your help. Which is your job is upper management. Right. Exactly. And so that would be the same with recall is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, So, so one, that Greyhound learned coping mechanisms, right? Coping skills of I'm going to avoid this confrontation. So I'm just going to turn around and go, and I'm going to go to somebody who knows more about this and I'm going to take my guidance from that. Mm-hmm. And when you have that, then to me, coming when called is more automatic mm-hmm. than it is trained. Mm, okay. Okay. No, no. You're, right. Like, you're going to hear a lot of weird pauses from me because one, this is the first time I've, I'm, we I'm, haven't really I'm, talked about yeah, this. We haven't yeah. talked about this. I haven't looked at your notes, but I, I've never thought about it this way either. So. Well, I think it's really good for me too because I don't know if I've actually ever thought it thought about it this way. So we maybe just so like, I think this is really good to have this like sort of realistic right conversation yeah. about what I have seen and how we can make things better. And j- again, just to make our listeners think about it differently, mm-hmm. right? Stop thinking that okay, I can control my dog because I can tell them to come when called and they come immediately. Oh, they're so obedient. I would much rather my dog come to me because of the relationship. Because they want to. Because they want to and because it's beneficial to them. Not because it's beneficial because there's a uh, maybe a treat or a ball, mm-hmm. which we need to use those things. But the foundation is built on that. Okay. Right? So, and and you may have this on your notes down the line. I'm not sure. But... What do you do when you have a high arousal breed, for instance, who you do have a good relationship with and you are bonded with, but when you're in a high arousal situation and you need them to, like, you need that recall, uh, mostly for safety reasons, like you need that, but they are so amped up. Like thinking of Isabella, for mm-hmm. instance, like her recall is great when there's nothing else around, <laughs> right? I mean, like you mean like the wind's not blowing, like she's fantastic. Or there's no air in the no, world. No, no. I mean, we we work on it, and she's great. But if yeah. I if I put her in class, for instance, she's like I have to manage all these other things first. Which if you genetically look at that, yeah. But and and also like the seminar, your communication seminar, like they. They see things as conflicts that they have to deal with first before they can listen to you. Exactly. Um, you know, the grass blowing may not be a real conflict. So what what do you do in that situation where you have a dog that knows what it is and, and you know you have a good foundation with them as far as a relationship is concerned? Like you're bonded with them. But you're dealing with breed, you're dealing with, um, you know, just neurology in general. Like, what do you do in that situation? I think in that, we have to make sure that we are taking the time to actually practice what we're asking. 
So, so many times people want to practice teaching a dog to come in the moment. Mm-hmm. And one thing I like to tell my clients is that whatever, you, you can't practice in the moment, right? Like you can't have your dog off leash near horses. Because I'm going to use Isabella as this example. Like if she's over there with the horses and you ask her to come, if you've not practiced in that environment, that can be very difficult for her. So mm-hmm. you can't practice in that moment. In that moment, it's action. So in the moment, you can't practice. The only thing that happens in the moment is what you have practiced. So with that, I am making sure that, number one, I'm going to set my dog up for success. I'm going to teach what it is that I want. I'm going to make sure that I have the ability to follow through with my dog, which is going to be using a long leash Mm -hmm. and making sure that I teach exactly what I want, which is going to come into kind of what we're going to talk about of some of the common mistakes that people make when they're trying to teach a dog to come. Like, I think that people are really good at teaching. I think that they can sit down, they can get a 30-foot leash, they can tell the dog to come, they can reel the dog in, they reward the dog for coming, and yay, everything is great. But why does that not translate to real-life environment? Mm -hmm. And I think it's because we have a lot of common issues that are occurring. And I think that's where I want to kind of focus on, is that's where we have our problem, Yeah. right? Um, Most of the time, dogs can learn something, and then apply it to other areas in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that for us, with like coming when called, because dogs have a different set of values and importance to them, like avoiding conflict, dealing with confrontation, those things are more important than being obedient to us because they don't know we're trying to keep them safe, right? They just know that we're asking for something that may or may not be Um, important to them in the moment what we need to do is make sure that we are kind of almost setting those scenarios up to where it is difficult but we can help our dog succeed and I love the use of a long leash for that Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to ask a dog to come to me if I don't have a way to follow through in the teaching process because you're just setting yourself up for failure right but here's the thing about coming when called Let's just talk about the, the behavior first, right? So, so let's just start off with some of the common issues. We got, I think the first one is that most people are not clear on the command that they are using to ask their dog to come. The most common command that people use is what? Here. It's funny you say that, right? If I was to answer that, I would say, Come. Right? Yeah. Okay. There is no standard wording that you have to use. I have, um, when with my Roddies, I had three different ways to tell my dog to come. Mm-hmm. I had a whistle. I had a English word. And I had a Gaelic word. What, what does it say Gaelic word for come? Um, it was unsha. Okay. Okay, so... I've literally never heard you say that ever. I, because I didn't use it anymore because I, I used it mostly when she was working, right? Because if you're in front of like uh, news cameras and they're like trying to follow you because you're searching for a missing person and you want to call your dog back to you, you didn't want to use a word that they knew because if your dog did not listen to you, you didn't want to look like an asshole. 
But the thing is, is that... But there are other handlers also in that same environment. Yes, that would saying, might be saying, come, saying right? come. Okay. For me, right. if I asked my dog to come to me, and if she didn't when we were working, it was because she was on something. Mm-hmm. She had the right to override that, which is a holy, a whole, a holy, a whole holy different, different conversation, <laughs> right? Because working was very different with that. Right. She, she had the nose. She knew. Um, I was just simply trying to guide things. Um, but I think that let's just take the word like come. I think most people use the word come to get their dog to come to them. Maybe they say, come here, mm-hmm. come on. Right. The problem is, is that people will use the word come for many different behaviors. Mm. Yeah. Come on, follow them. Yeah. Come in, come into the house. Yeah. Right. Come here, but they don't actually make them come to them, just mm-hmm. into the room. So then the dog is like, I really don't know exactly what you're asking when you say come. I just know it means come where, come somewhere in your vicinity. Right. right? But then people are like, okay, sometimes because they come into the house, but then they're pissed because they didn't come to them in a certain time. So it's like we're expecting our dogs to read our minds. Which come is it this time? Yeah. And then we get pissed. Come on, guys. That makes sense. We we had the bigger brain. Well, and I mean, it's... And, and I even get tripped up on these things, too. Um, even with, like, walking commands, right? Mm. Like, this way, let's go. Come on. Come on. I still... I still catch myself saying, come on. And I... I and it's not something I use on a regular basis. And I still catch myself doing it. Or even... Uh, oh, for example, trying to get the dogs to go out today, I had a meeting and I was like, y'all are going outside during this meeting. It's 70 degrees outside. It's cool. It's a great day. Perfect. Y'all going outside. And I said, come on. And they looked at me like, you're stupid. And I was like, oh, they don't know what that means. Like come is to come to you. Yeah. And, and this is why. But but I'm standing at the door where I usually say outside. Outside. So I mean that they looked at and I was like, ah, come on, I got this Zoom. Right. And most people are like, why are you not listening? <laughs> They're not They're listening like, because you're speaking a different language. Like, we don't know what you're. Could saying. you imagine going through life where, like, one day during the day, someone spoke English, Spanish, and French to you, and they got pissed at you because you didn't do what they wanted? I feel like that's how our dogs feel. Yeah. I mean, to y'all that are multilingual. Oh, congratulations! Good for you. I'm good. I'm doing good to speak English. All right. I mean, I only know a few Gaelic commands, but I think that's what we have to think about. And, and here's the thing, guys. I know that over time, these specific commands have been used. Nobody says you have to use those. Right. Do what you. Do what is natural for you. you Because if it's normal and natural for you, it will become an easier habit to form. Mm -hmm. So like my client today, I was teaching let's go with walking. Uh, Talking about leash. uh, Well, we're going to be talking about leash stuff the next episode. Okay. But he would use come on, which is a very common thing that people use. It's not a problem if you have a different command for coming to you because coming to you and walking with you is that's two different behaviors. Mm-hmm. It looks different, 
the expectations are different, right? You don't have to use let's go. That's what I use. He was using let's walk. Okay. It's fine. I like that. Right? Let's walk. And that's the thing is it does not matter what words you choose as long as you set the expectation and you teach the dog what that means. Yeah. Don't use let's walk for 14 different behaviors. And that's what people use with the come. They try to use come for 14 different behaviors. Because let's be real. The English language is one of the most difficult languages. Because mm-hmm. we do have words that have different meanings. Right. And it, it's all in context. And so we, that we then communicate to our dogs that way. But our dogs don't think that way. They think like someone who comes into this country and doesn't speak our language. Right. We have to simplify Right? Don't make it so complicated. So first is you've got to be very clear in what words you're going to use to ask your dog to come to you. Okay, so for this episode, I'm going to use just come. Okay. Okay. That way it'll just make it simple. All right, so when I'm talking about things. So first and foremost, you guys need to come up with a word that you're going to use that you're not going to use other times. Like if you want your dog to follow you, that shouldn't be a come on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Come is, for me, being very clear, and this is my next kind of thing, is setting the expectation. Come means come to me, let me physically touch you, and do not leave me again until I give you further information, which may be a release where you can go back to doing whatever you were doing, or we're now leaving and I want you to follow me. So that's the let's go. Mm-hmm. So setting the expectation, which goes back hand in hand with using the word for coming in the house, follow me, um, go into the bedroom, come close, whatever it looks like. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. All right. So first, clear communication on your cue. Come. Expectation. Come to me. Let me get my hand on you. And then wait for further information. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. The other common mistake is, again, what we've been talking about is using that command for other behaviors. Stop. Mm -hmm. Come on. Let's go outside. Yeah. Is not the same as come to me. Right. Right? And so we can't get mad at our dogs when they're doing that. Agree? I are you talking to the audience or me? I'm totally talking to you. Okay. <laughs> totally talking to you. You're the only one I'm looking at. I mean, how many times have you caught yourself doing that? And you live with me. And I do it too. It's not that that this is something that, you know, you're horrible for doing. It's very natural for us. What we have to do is we have to start taking a little bit more thought and slow down. Yeah. Right? Slow down and think about it. Mm-hmm. When you slow down and think about it, you will get it right, which in turn will start to create a habit. And then it will become habitual, as habitual as you were doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. But it will be habitual doing the right thing. It'll be like you giving permission to an inanimate object. Okay. Really? We're bringing that one up again? I'm always going to bring that up because I love that. We did talk about that last time. Did we talk about that? Uh, I think two podcasts ago we talked about it. 
Okay. So I have. <laughs> I still want right, to talk this. about it. I, I think it's. A, I, you know what? I've actually told this story to a couple of clients. With the new puppy, um, who's approximately six months now, um, I still do a lot of good boys, but I spend a lot of time doing good boys to him. I mean, a lot. Probably more than I have the entire last two Rottweilers. Like, I have lots of good boys. And I was telling him good boy because we were driving through a very busy part of town. We were going to try to find somewhere to park to go into a uh, Main Street Festival, which was absolutely... Mayhem. They call it the Caterpillar Crawl because that's how many people are there. So I was good boying and doing all these things. And then when I got out of the car, I was trying to put his backpack together and taking um, a pole that fit into a little slot in the backpack so that it would be sturdy. And I was like really struggling with it. But when I finally got it in there, I said, good boy. And Brittany literally looked at me and said, you just said good boy to an inanimate object. To the backpack. And you know what? That's okay. You tell me okay before I go through a door. Sometimes, sometimes I do. It's good habits. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's that's when you know it's ingrained. It is ingrained. And yeah. and the good boy is totally ingrained with me because right now because I call him little man a lot. Um and I'll be like, Oh, he's my good boy. I don't he's my actually know man. if he knows his real name. Yeah, he does. I call him buddy. I call him little man, <laughs> Myers, uh, Myers Lestrode. Uh, little man, I actually use a lot, but I've actually started calling a lot of my dogs' uh, clients "little man." So I'm like, "Good boy, little man," and he's like 104 pounds. I'm like, "Good boy, little man." I'm like, "I'm sorry, I've just been so you used to little telling massive, little yeah. as ever. But because because Steve, the cat, I call him Bubba. Yeah. But now I've accidentally started calling him "good boy," "good boy, little man," and I'm like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. That's not you. You're Bubba," and. The dog is little man. So it can, you know, it's all about, though, just creating habits. Yeah. Right? And thinking about what you're doing and not just doing it because somebody told you to. And that's why I think it's important that you find a command that works for you. You don't have to use the same command that everybody uses. You don't have to use English. You don't have to use German. You don't have to use Spanish. You use whatever you want. Right? If you want to teach a dog to come by saying the word sit, you do that. <laughs> and I actually thought about doing that one time. But, but make sure like, your sit command is something else. Yeah, your sit, sit command might be <laughs> Paul. I mean, you know, it's like just get goofy about it, right? Because the dogs don't know and they don't care. Yeah. All it is is about a word matched with behavior. That's, That's just it. It's going to make it difficult, though. If somebody else has oh. to handle your dog because oh, yeah. you're out of town or right yeah that's, that's yeah difficult. That's i don't difficult. think we've had that yet have we with uh amanda saying here no because she knows all the same commands we use okay so it's good yeah oh so, it was my mom it's my mom yeah your mom doesn't know the, the words to use down and off are the same like she doesn't know like she uses down she uses off, down as off which we don't even because use she off. used to say that to her dogs like that was her command yep. and so and that's the thing is, like, in her <laughs> mind, why isn't your dog listening? Right. Well, because my dog has no idea what that means. Down means to lay down with the belly on the floor. Right. Off doesn't mean anything because we hardly ever use off except when Isabella jumps 
in my bed without permission. Or on Gray. Well, she loves her Uncle Gray. Um, so, I mean, yeah, give your dog some grace because let's be real. We are not very clear in our communication. I mean, truly. Yeah. Um, one of the other common mistakes is expecting too much from your dog before actually teaching your dog. Mm, So in puppyhood, your dog is going to come to you on a regular basis because you are the safety net. But once they hit into adolescence, they're going to start kind of wanting to do their own thing. Come isn't as important, right? So we have to make sure that we're not putting our dog in an environment that they're not prepared for and then asking them to respond to something that they are not 100% sure on. So if you started teaching your dog to come and from eight weeks to, you know, 20 weeks, your dog was phenomenal. And then you went to the dog park and the dog was playing and you asked your dog to come and the dog didn't come. Your dog doesn't have a problem. Your expectations are a problem. Yeah. Okay. So your dog is still developing. The brain is still developing. They may look like an adult, but they're still a baby. Um, which we're going to be doing some podcast episodes on in the future about adolescence. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, because I'm doing some oh, good. major continuing education right yeah. now with Dr. Kathy Murphy, and it's blowing my brain. But we just have to make sure that we're not expecting too much. Just because your dog has an adult-looking body doesn't mean that they are um, completely prepared to handle this world. Okay, so imagine like a 12, 13, 14-year-old boy who's like six foot two. Mm-hmm. Just because he's six foot two, would you expect him to know how to drive a car, how to manage a budget, how to get a job? And right, come yeah. on. You know, I've I've had people that I've talked to, and they'll be like, "Hey, I have this, um, you know, thirteen month old dog," and uh, I'm like, "Okay, so your puppy, blah 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 blah." And I've had people actually get upset with me for calling their dog a puppy. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, for real though. They, no, for real. They, they're a child. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they've been on this earth for a very short. They're like, no, of time. they're an adult. It's an adult dog. I'm yeah. like, no. Well, it's going to depend a lot on the dog itself, right? So, the smaller the organism, the faster the development. Mm-hmm. The larger the organism, the longer it takes for the development. Right. Right. So, Myers, being he's 15 pounds for the last three to four weeks. He's going to become mature easily by a year, right? Whereas Isabella, who's a little bit bigger, may take 14, 15, 16 months, which she's already passed, I thought you were going to say 14 years. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Something like a Great Dane may take two years. Right. Let's look at humans. We're, I mean, humans are barely adult at 18, like, I can't imagine our niece, who just graduated, and she's 18, I don't see her as a full adult, even though she's 18. Even though legally she is. Legally, legally she is, right? But knowing that she's still developing, and she still has a lot to learn, is she really, can I say she's an adult and I should expect all the right choices to be made? And I think that's interesting, too. In that, that's as tall as she's going to get. That You know, I mean, she's reached 18. 
I think you have to look at development more than your brain still developing physically or your body still developing physically. Like there's more to development than just your physiology, like physiology. Oh. Let me oh. just try that again. Well, no, yeah, and I see what you're saying, right? Like, <laughs> there's there's environmental, right? Yes, that's and and there's um, you know, the sort of emotional and and that sort of thing uh, that goes along with that. I mean, if you look at the food that we feed to the humans, mm-hmm. right? The the steroids that have been put into our system, our food system, to grow things quickly in order to sell meat. Our children are developing a lot earlier than, say, I did. Right? You have, and I know this is getting a little off topic, but it's not. Okay? I want you guys to understand this. Back in the day... When you became, I don't want to say you became a woman, like you you started your menstrual cycle, it was typically 14, 15 years old. Now you're looking at 9, 10, 11. So the body is developing a lot faster than the brain. Mm-hmm. And we look at the body and say, oh, well, if the body looks this way, then they must be at this place. Right. And I think with people with large breed dogs, find that they get into that very quickly. I don't have that much problem with Myers because he's been 15 pounds for three weeks now. (laughs) And I don't think he's going to get much more. He's not. Right. But if you have, say, a German Shepherd and at 10 months, they're 80 pounds, you're looking at them going, oh, this is an adult dog. He's not going to get any taller. He's starting to fill out. Yeah, his body is, but his brain's not. Mm -hmm. His brain is still developing. So we have to make sure that we really look at our expectations based on the amount of time that this dog has been in this world. And this world that they're not that familiar with. Right? So it's very tricky. um, Because I have seen, and and this kind of goes back on the conversation that Anna and I had, um, where you have kids that have grown more than their age parents start expecting more from them Mm -hmm. but their brain is still that age right so uh, we have to be very careful and understand that 13 months in this world is a very short time and um i mean i'm 47 years old and i'm still trying to figure out all the ins and out of this world. Right? So I can't expect an organism that was not bred for this world to adjust very quickly. So that's, you know, that wasn't really on the list. Sorry. But no, I mean, but I think it was really good because I do think that we, a lot of times we do expect too much from our dog because we think we've gotten some really good recall, especially if they're younger. Yeah. And here's the thing, and, and we'll talk about it again in the adolescence episode, but if you have a good recall as a puppy, it's going to fall apart in the adolescent stage, but it should come back in the adult stage. Uh, 
But as long as you continue, you have to, to continue doing what you're it, supposed to do. Right? Yeah, you got to okay. nurture it, right? You okay. can't just expect that you fixed it, right? You can't say, "Oh, my child can read, uh, can tell me the ABCs." Um, then we're good to go. I don't need to do anything else. They can read the ABCs. Mm-hmm. They're good. That's like that's like saying I've, my dog came to me 100 percent of the time. The first two weeks I had him, we're good. Right. That's not going to happen. Um. So another issue that I see a lot of times is, um, let me see, because here's the thing is, I, I want to make sure I go in the right order. I, I made the list not in order, but I want to make sure I'm kind of hitting the right order here. Not setting the dog up for success, putting them in an environment that they're not necessarily prepared for, and then expecting them to come, right? And And the dog park is a great example. So many times people are like, I take them to the dog park. They have a great time. But when I'm ready to leave and I call them, they won't come. Because you always take them away from the fun. There you, you go. Right. Them. Is that it? Am That's I right? Definitely ding, one of them. Right? Ding, ding, ding. So ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so first thing is you have to ask yourself, did I teach what I want when I say come? Have I done all the right things there? If I haven't, then it automatically does not fall on the dog. If you've taught everything that you want, then you have to ask yourself, did I prepare my dog to respond in this environment? Or did I just think that the dog is going to learn that it works in every environment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not going to happen, right? Set your dog up for success and teach your dog in the environment that you think you're going to be using it the most. I probably tell my dog to come to me one to two times a week. Would you say that's about average? Maybe. Yeah. That's, that's even including when we go somewhere. That's pretty legit. I mean, um, I've used this several times like in the front yard because I don't want him going to the road. Cause he is starting because to be more he adventurous. D- he doesn't know this way yet. So I can't just say this way and like come in my general direction. He should know this way. Well, he doesn't. Now, okay, so sorry. that means that I've only worked on this Sorry way. to hurt your well, heart. <laughs> actually, no, because that brings up a good point of maybe I've only worked on this way with the leash. You have. And I've not worked it as much off leash. That is correct. Right? So it's not his fault. No, it's, it's mine, not. Right? But, it's on me. But I but I know that. I love that. Yeah. Which is why uh, the other day when we were going to the car, I had him off leash. He started to go towards the road. I said, come. He came right back to me. His recall is great at the moment. Uh, because if I'd said this way, like he would have run out in the road and who knows. But I mean, so, you know, you sort of also have to look at it that way. Like, which one does my dog know? So I realized mm-hmm. that Isabella's recall isn't fantastic. But she knows this way because we had her off leash on the farm. Yeah. We used this way with both her and Dane. And Dane was a great teacher. Yes, yeah, she was. Um, and so she knows what that means. Yeah. So it's like, all right, what, do you, what are you working on? What are your expectations? What do you hope to see in a certain situation? Um, so, you know, I probably let my dog get away with more than she should. But whatever, I 
I know who she is. and No, I love that you brought that up because I think that people try to throw out 14 different commands to see which one's going to stick. <laughs> Maybe this one will work. Right? Yeah. Just, no, I've done it before too, though. Exactly. Just stick with yeah. the one you think's going to work and go with that. Yeah. What did I do a couple of weeks ago and you're like, can, can, I don't even can remember. Can you just pick one? I was, I mean, I Could went. Could you just pick? <laughs> I just went through a whole list. Because people would be that they're like, come this way. Let's go. That's it. That's Touch. what I did. Right? That's exactly what I did. And I, and I did it with Isabella. Knowing, Just like, pick a fucking command, man. Like, I knew better, but I was panicked. You were panicked. I was living in, you know, Britney world of anxiety, and I just went. It's like when you have multiple kids. And you, oh, you start screaming their names just out. Like, act, you know. Like, oh yeah, I've not been me since my niece has been born. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, my mom's trying to say Brittany, but she's going like Christopher, Riley, Riley Ethan, Ethan, yeah, shit, yeah. Brittany. And then, yeah, there's a, apparently I have a sibling named Shit. Oh I shit! Didn't realize. Yeah, me too. My and- mom, maybe they're twins. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, you sort of, you sort of do that. You're like, come this way. Yeah, stop. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know why that happens? Because you don't practice. Yeah. Because in the moment, you're trying to get a result that you've not practiced. Yeah. And the only thing that happens in the moment is what you've practiced. So go practice. Well, it also doesn't help that you're doing it like back to back either. Like give the dog time yeah, to right. process the, it. The dog's like, I'm just hearing a bunch of gibberish. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't even speak your language and now you're throwing gibberish at me. Poor Isabella. I mean, poor dogs in general. Like, I'm pretty sure most of the listeners are going, oh, my God, I've done this. And don't worry, guys. We've all done it. I do it every day. We all do it. I will say that. We do this for a living. I do this for a living. Yeah. We do this on a regular because we're human beings. Yeah. What I'm asking you to do is just to be a little bit more aware of what you're doing and give the dog the benefit of the doubt that you're the asshole in this equation. Yeah, I mean, it's really about being more present. Yeah. And that's hard. That's hard in, um, you know, what's going on culturally. It's hard when your mind's on every bad thing that's going on right now. It's it's tough. But I think if you frame it in a way, and this is totally off subject, sorry. Um, but if you frame it in a way... Train derailed. <laughs> oh wow! I, I actually think I saw it. You, did, I actually saw it. Hit, you saw it go over. The I kind of actually saw it hit. It hit the side, and then it just kind of bounced over the hill. I'm not even. I'm not even. And it's it's now down in the creek. Uh, it's in the creek. Can we rewind? And no. This is what our listeners get. Nikki does not edit. No, no, no. This was great, though. No, this is what you get, guys. I mean, this, this is, is fantastic. a real conversation. Actually, this happens all the time. This is a, this in is our a normal, real life. Yeah, this is a normal occurrence for no, us. No, no, this was good. No, it happens, right? <sighs> it just kind of, boom. What, what was that? I don't know. Do you want me to go on to the next thing? No, no. This one was really important, though. Oh, my God. But if you can't remember it, okay, go then we're in trouble. One. Okay. So, as Brittany tries to remember what the hell she was trying to say... Um, we're just going to go on and, and talk about <laughs> a couple other things. I want to go back to like the dog park, right? If you're always calling your dog to end the fun, yeah, fuck off. Yeah, they're not coming to you. No. When you sit in the dog park 
and you let the dog run and play with all of his best buddies, and the only time you interact was is to say, oh, fun's done. Session's over. Yeah. Then the dog is going to learn to ignore you. Holly, if you're listening, I hope you really got the sessions over. But it, it's really the true thing, right? Stop calling your dog to end the fun. Yeah. Okay, because dogs are not stupid. Well, what you taught me and what you teach people in class is to to make it fun. Like, it needs to be a party. Absolutely. You, you need to be a party. You get your cake and you get to eat it. Yeah. I mean, best of both worlds. You yeah. come to me, you get a reward, and you get to go back and play with your friends. Right. It doesn't mean we're leaving, necessarily. No. Sometimes it, it does, but... You know, typically, I'll not. go to you and I'm ending the fun. Yeah. I'll come to you. I won't ask you to come to me. So that's another common issue. Is like, if you want to end the fun, go to your dog and teach your dog that when you approach, good things can still happen, right? Again, don't think that you can approach your dog every time to end the fun. Walk up to your dog while they're playing, give them a reward, and then send them off to play. So they're learning that you are, you approaching doesn't mean end of the fun. Right. And same thing of if I'm going to call you, it doesn't mean end of the fun. It might mean you get actually an extra reward, and then you get to go back and play, mm-hmm. right? And another common issue I see a lot of times with people, when I tell them, teach your dog to come to you so you can make physical contact. What I end up seeing with people is that they'll grab the dog's collar when they're maybe an arm length away, and they'll drag the dog to them. Mm, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. If your dog stays an arm length away, start there. Touch, barely touch, reward, send them on their way. And then they'll slowly start to come closer. But if you're always grabbing them by the collar and pulling them to you, they're going to start staying away from you. Because then nobody wants to be pulled. Right. And that's a really common issue I've, I have been seeing quite a lot yeah. lately. I saw it yesterday at um, the brewery. Really? I saw someone do it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And the dog was on leash. Like, why are you dragging them by the like, collar? It's not like they can go that far. It's a six-foot leash. I'm mean, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's the, the bottom line here is this. Be very clear in your expectation. If you're asking your dog to come to you, set them up for success, show them what that means. I like to use a long leash. I'll reel them in. When they get to me, I make sure I pet them under the chin, tell them how amazing they are, and then I'm treating them, and then... I give them a release command or I give them further information. The release command is you can now leave me and go back to play. Or I might say, all right, let's go. We're moving on. But it's very clear in my expectation by using the words Mm -hmm. and telling them so that they're not having to maybe guess what's happening. Okay. Um, The other thing is making sure that, When you ask your dog to come, it's not just to do it because you want to show control. And I think a lot of people do that. Watch this. Watch how much control I have over my dog. Mm, Yeah. Nobody wants to be controlled like that. Think about if you're in a job and you're being micromanaged. Yeah. That's your dog if that's what you're doing. Look how, look what a badass I am. Because my dog would turn on a dime. You know what I think is more badass? 
I never have to use the come command because my dog never gets far enough away from me. Not because out of fear. Because he knows we're a team and I have his back. Yeah. It's like a running back who follows his blockers. <laughs> I yep. Was, I was waiting for it. I was like, there's a football. There's got to there's there's be a football a, analogy There's got to be a sport, a sport analogy in there somewhere. somewhere. It's coming. I mean, come on. Right? Yeah. It's just... I think we have to look at the relationship with our dogs. It needs to be more of a relationship. And again, not a dictatorship. Teaching a dog to come and call is very important because it's safety. But I do think that if you build a lot of foundation and a relationship, you won't have to use it as much as you think you do. But when you do use it, make sure that you're being very clear in what you are communicating. Mm-hmm. You're not dragging the dog to you, right? You're not asking a kindergartner to be in a seventh grade spelling bee because that's what most people do when they're uh, working with their dog. Not to say there aren't some kindergartners who can All be right, in there a are probably some grade. kindergartners who can do seventh grade, but most dogs cannot, right? So let's be very aware of, of what is happening in the brain. Um, how much have we actually worked on it? Um, and if it's important, you do need to work on it and make sure that you are clearly communicating what you want, which is coming to my last point. When a dog is coming to you, what is the first step? I'm asking you, Britt. When you ask a dog to come, what is the first thing you're looking for? Coming in your direction. There you go, right? The behavior isn't being there with you. It's acknowledging that you're there and coming in your direction, right? Right. That is where we have to start acknowledging the good behavior. The finished product is being there with you. The come is actually the movement in your direction. Yep. Right? I'm only agreeing with this because I know. Because that's how you teach it in class. Really? (laughs) So... (laughs) If somebody calls me and says, aren't you getting here to the party? Yeah, I'm on my way. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm, I'm, I'm actually at that point, I'm, I'm physically in the car on my and way. I'm driving, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're on your way. Right? I'm coming. When I get there, I'm no longer coming there. I, I've arrived. I came. Therefore, that's the final behavior of what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. You start with acknowledging the first step, which is come in your, in your direction. Acknowledge, reward, praise like crazy. The finished product is them being there, your hand on them, rewarding, and then releasing. And if you set it up that way, your dog will learn that coming to you is like one of the best slot machines in the casino. You never know when there's going to be a payout. So we're going to keep checking in. Which is another reason why I don't have to use the come command a lot because my dog checks in with me and I reward for that check-in. Not with me telling him to check in, but because he knows that I know more about this world. Right. And he knows. All right. So it's, again, establishing the relationship would be first and foremost. And then making sure that you are clear on your cue that you're not using come for other things like come on, come in. Come mm-hmm. is come to me. Or if 
find whatever word works for you. You yeah. don't have to use the normal word that people use. Yeah. Like if no, if I never heard the word heal again for walking, I'd be happy. Right? I'm so sick of hearing people say, I'm teaching my dog to heal. You know what? You don't have to use those words. Find whatever works for you and find what behavior works for you. Make sure that you're clear on the expectation with your dog. They come to you, you put a hand on them, and they do not leave you until further information is given. That might be a release word, like okay, or it might be a uh, let's go and we're leaving this area. Make sure that you're not using that command for other behaviors. Again, going back to that come on, come in. Um, make sure you start acknowledging that first step. If they just turn and look at you when you say it, you need to start acknowledging that behavior, right? Otherwise, if you're not being any fun, they're going to find something that is. Don't expect too much before you teach. And their brains are still developing. The larger your dog, the longer it takes for the brain to develop completely. So please give your dog some grace and be patient, okay? And set your dog up for success. Use a long leash. Set them up to understand that when I ask you to do it in this environment, you use a long leash to reel them in. Did you uh, work with that with Isabella and the horses? Mm-hmm. So yeah. tell our listeners kind of what you did with that. Because that was a problem that being that she's a herding breed and being around horses, she felt like she had no idea why she felt like she needed to go do something. Yeah, and... and- and first of all, I'm not going to take that away from her, that that instinct that's going to be there. And I mean, we have other episodes about other outlets for your dogs based on, you know, sort of whatever their jam is. Um, so, yeah, I worked with her on that. Um, and I put her on a 15 foot leash around three horses at my mom's house. And she did really great, by the way. Would like to say that. Um, But, you know, there were times where she was like really into this pony. They have a miniature pony, her her (laughs) landlord. And so she was really into this miniature pony. And so she she's like, nope, not listening to you. And so I would say, you know, Isabella, come. And you just gently reel her in until she's paying attention to you. And then I was, you know, rewarding her like crazy. Obviously, she got, you know, treats that she usually doesn't get um, in that situation. But, yeah, she she did pretty great. And, and I had her off leash not long ago around them, briefly. <laughs> I guess her threshold's That's all right. low. That's all right. Um, Small amount. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to flutter. But... Um, she did she did well. We're still working on recall. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna say it. Like she's three years old and we're still working well, on recall. Because it's not something that I've had to use that much with her. Part of the issue is I've managed a lot as well. Like I don't let her off leash. You are a little more nervous. Than yeah. I am. So you want me to let her off leash I in do. certain I, I, situations. I'm to push you into letting her have a little more freedom. Um, where were we the other day that I let Myers off that we were, oh, oh no, I don't remember where we were, but it's like you have to, it's again, it's going back to practicing. Yeah. 
right? If you really want to have that safety, then practice it. So many times I think people are so fearful that their dog won't come back that they never practice. Just like I see a lot of people who are like, I'm never going to teach door control at the front door because I don't want them to know that that's a way they can get out. Well, the like, dogs aren't stupid. They see you go they, out. They <laughs> know the door opens, right? If you never use your front door, then yay for you. But they're not dumb, right? So trying to avoid it isn't going to fix anything. Right. And I have tried to push you in environments that I that I feel like she would be safe of letting her off and working on it. So that you have that trust, right? And it's hard for you. Actually, we did it the other day when we walked up um, in the neighborhood. We have a little spot um, in our neighborhood that is kind of wooded. Yeah, to be developed. To be developed area. It's close to the road, but it's back far enough that I let him off. And he's six months and I let him off. Because I knew that that was an area... I want him to learn to be off-leash and be responsive. So for me, it was about teaching him in that environment that was very calm. There were no real big big distractions. I was trying to set him up for success to teach him that just because the environment's changed, and that's the first time he's been there, Mm -hmm. that the expectations stay the same. Right. I think that too many times people are so afraid to work on it because they don't ever want it to happen. So when I get people that say, my dog will never be off leash, and my thought is, that's really sad for your dog. You know, you can't let your fear override that. Right. Because that's not fair to the dog. It's like a parent being um, a helicopter parent because of a fear with their child, but they're not allowing the child to develop. And I think that with our dogs, we have to really... Again, set them up for success. Make sure that they are safe. I made sure he was safe. He wasn't going to just run into the road. But make sure they're safe. But practice these things so that when we do need it, we have it. And I I feel confident that I can take him anywhere. And if I asked him to come, I feel confident that he would. It might take a little bit more than what it did three weeks ago or four weeks ago. But I feel like that I have enough of a foundation right? that he would at least be excited into what I was doing mm-hmm. because I do a lot of fun things with him um, that he would be interested in that. Um, so I, I just think that we need to stop, stop trying to control everything to where you're so scared about something you don't work on it. Like a lot of people are like, I don't work on cum because my dog's never going to be off leash in public. Well, that's sad. And number two, um, that's a lie because accidents happen. Mm -hmm. How many times do you see dogs bolting out the front door? Um, A long guy left the gate open. Yeah. Right? Guys, you got to practice this. Tennessee, the wind blew your gate open. The wind blew your gate open and you let your dogs out that next next morning. Next thing you know, your dog's on next door. Yeah, you know. yeah, I mean, you know, so it's, it's happened. You gotta make sure that you are working on these things. Right? Stop being scared about it. But make sure that you're being very clear in your communication. You're setting the expectations correctly. You're setting your dog up for success. That's really important. Don't expect too much with the development of your dog. Your your puppy may have come great during adolescence. There are other things that are important. Don't freak out. Don't be changing training methods. 
it'll come back. It's just they're little, they're working through things right now. <laughs> and we're going to get into a deeper adolescent episode. Um, set your dog up for success. Okay. Don't expect too much. And make sure that you are the one that's saying, I've got your back. I'm going to make sure that you learn the right things in the right environment. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And if you're not coming when I've asked you to come at the dog park, then what have I done that's not taught that, right? Mm -hmm. What do I need to do differently? And making it fun is going to be important. Making sure that you're not calling your dog to end the fun. And um, being that slot machine that pays out quite a bit is going to help. Make sense? Yeah. I feel like this was all over the place. But it's okay. Because I feel like that's the kind of day we've had. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I am really upset that whatever analogy I came up with a little bit ago just left my brain. Um, but... I'm in training right now. <laughs> yeah, with your new, your new so port job. I'm a little, like my brain. Your brain's done. Is a little. And I appreciate you being on here. But it's funny because um, when you talk about like mental simulation for a dog. Yep. Versus, so I'm still training, right? Like I'm still uh, physically training. You know, I have a, I have a trainer that I go to two to three times a week and I'm Satan. still active whatever trevor not, trevor is, not my kind of training. trevor is going to listen to this eventually because he? he has a dog satan and yeah uh, i've told him that but anyway so <laughs> even though i leave there fatigued at the end of the last well technically two weeks because we had a vacation um three three weeks now i am I am like a zombie. Mentally. Mentally. So that's why like my train is like all all off the tracks right now because I'm still in training. I'm learning new things. And um, that's, that's another side note. I know you're trying to end this. But another side note, I, I was telling you the other day and – and I enjoy, like, I enjoy this job. It's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just that it's a lot of new things coming at me at one time. And so you get overwhelmed. And I told you, I was like, I will just randomly feel like I'm going to cry. And it's not like I'm depressed. I'm not anxious. You know, it's not that. It's just like I'm I'm flooded, yep. right, with, with stuff. And, and so I've had to, like, kind of rethink, like, what a threat, like the threshold. Yep. What is my threshold? Where's my stamina? What is my dog's threshold? When she starts acting out, like when we went to the brewery and I was like, yep, she's done. Like what's her threshold from a mental standpoint? Cause she, she has to communicate that different than you do. Exactly. You can be like, Nikki, I need to, I need to fucking go home. Right. Right. Exactly. I'm done. Which I did, which I did actually. Right. Yeah. She's going to be yeah. like, I'm barking. I can't respond to your commands. I am restless. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And so. So recognizing that's huge. Yeah. And so um, I will tell you, these last three weeks have been like really eye-opening in that, in that capacity. Because um, I'm like, training is so hard and I'm so tired and. Uh. You know, and the, the thing is <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not taking away from what you're doing. Please know that your training that you have right now is kind of fits in a box, mm -hmm. right? 
Yeah. Where dogs, you never know what you're going to get. Right. Like they're learning how there were kids running to live. Right. The wind yeah. was blowing. There was there were people talking. Kids were coming up and running. We had friends. We were all trying to have a drink. We were just kind of there's sitting food. Around. There's food everywhere. Yeah. Right. Uh, other so dogs for a dog. Yeah. There was no one track. Right. It was just like what is it this was chaos? everything right. Yeah. So for border collie. Yeah. She did really, it's really chaos. well. Yeah. Myers is like, what the fuck ever? This is my jam, right? Yeah. But he's like, even he was done. Thank you for all coming here for me right? today. But even he was done at some point, and I recognized him, right. and I put him away. But it's recognizing when they just cannot function. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care how good her sit command is. If you had asked her to sit at the end of that to get petted by another child, she would have given you the finger. And it wasn't about her being disobedient, but it's her about it's it's her saying, "Mom, I can't do I this. I cannot function anymore." Yeah. And we've got to start recognizing that our dogs have that, right? And we've got to give them more grace and realize that they're not freaking robots. Mm-hmm. And and that's a passion for me, right? It's like really understanding that they are not robots, and that if they're not listening to you, there's a good reason. Yeah, and. More than likely, it's because you've not been clear in your expectation mm-hmm. or your communication. Yeah. But also, you may have put them in an environment that they cannot handle because you never worked them in it. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, this any of our, pack, our podcast episodes <laughs> are about the human. Yep. We're trying to make you guys better yes. at understanding your dog. And last week, understanding your kid. Right? That too. Because... Or yourself. It will be a lot less stressful. So you're not like freaked out and thinking your dog's just an asshole all the time. Yeah. Granted, your dog's going to be an asshole sometimes. And you know what? So are you. Yeah. I mean, not in the manipulative kind of way. No. Just an asshole. If I've had a bad day and I ain't... I'm just not in the fucking mood. Yeah. Right? Guys, we get that. I don't know if that actually makes you an asshole, though. That you're just not... You know, I mean, we can go into that, but... Should we have an episode on what makes you an asshole? Yeah, I feel like there has to be some intention behind it, maybe. Sometimes I'm just like, I'm not in the fucking mood. Maybe. and Well, that's different than being an asshole. I I can't do it, man. Yeah, that's different than being an asshole, though. Just because you're not in the mood. Yeah, I just can't do it. I know me and I can't do it. Yeah, like I can't people anymore. Right, and y'all need to recognize that. That doesn't make you an asshole. But also understand that if you feel that way... And you are made for this world. Yeah, like we're yeah, we're right? here. We were we were born for this world, right? Your dog was not. Mm-hmm. So when they're like, dude, I just fucking can't. And you're like, it's only been an hour. We've only been here an hour. Dude, do like, you know how much they put in their brain in an hour? Right? Let's just yeah. be a little bit more aware. Yeah. And we're gonna talk more about that as we go on with our episodes. I hope this sounds really good because I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) It's going to sound good, but I don't know that it. I'm not sure how good it's going to be, but I've been watching like our recording and it's all over the fucking place. Well, I think, I think also like I'm so used to being up on the mic and we have, oh yeah, so y'all don't know that we have new mics. No, you said, did I say that already? Right. I said that at the beginning. Look, so I'm hoping it's all right (laughs) because y'all know I don't edit. What you get is what you get. 
What we record is what you get. I don't know that that's how you keep listeners, though. I don't know. I mean, I'm what you get. Sorry. Here it is. We try to make it (laughs) as good as it is. Right. But I think it's just like we want you to feel like you're sitting around um, a campfire talking with us with a nice beverage. That's what we wanted this to be. We don't want you to feel like you're listening to some, I don't know, professor at college. No, we're around a campfire. Having beverages, s'mores with vodka drizzle. That's what we're doing. Wait, what? I don't know. A vodka drizzle. Why would you mess up a s'more like that? I don't know because I don't like s'mores, but I'm thinking if you do a little honeysuckle vodka drizzle on it, it might be better. Okay, we're going to sign off now because Britt's giving me this look. That's just like, (laughs) that's the most disgusting thing you've ever thought about. But you know what? Julie, you and me, honeysuckle vodka. Love you, girl. That's all I'm saying. All right, you guys get out, work on your recall, and just make sure you don't make those same mistakes that we talked about, right? Teach your dog that coming to you is a really positive, fun thing, and that you are their safety net. That may be the most important thing. You are their safety net. You got any lasting words over there, Myrtle? That's a negative. She's got a negative. Y'all, we love you. We appreciate you. And if she can come up with whatever she was trying to think I'm of. coming back. It was so maybe, good. Maybe we'll bring it into the next one. <laughs> it was so good. And our next one's going to be about our problems with leash manners. I feel like it had to do with Because that. there's some common issues that people are having with leash manners and walking with their dogs. So we're going to talk about that. We love you guys. And we appreciate you so much for putting up with us. We love what we get to do. We hope that you enjoy it. Please be sure that you rate and review us wherever you listen to the podcast. Be sure you follow us on Instagram. That's where we're putting most of our content now. Um, Of course, we still want you to follow us on Facebook and check out the website. We have a lot for you. And if you have any type of questions, any type of comments, we love to hear from you and we want to hear from you. So please send us an email at podcast at dogspeak101.com. We appreciate you. We love you. And we will see you guys next week.